Welcome to No Heart Left Behind's Hope in the Heart of Family Life podcast. I'm your host and executive director of No Heart Left Behind, Alicia Stickles. If we're honest, family life can be hard. Family can be our greatest blessing, but also the source of our deepest wounds. At No Heart Left Behind, we have a passion to empower families to thrive with the Word of God and the love of Christ. So each week, we're going to have real conversations about hard issues facing families today. It is our hope that you would be equipped with practical tools based on biblical principles for when life happens and relationships get messy. In other words, how do we flesh out all those Bible verses we know when life isn't looking like we had hoped? If you're in a season of family life that feels hopeless or you have a heart to navigate the challenges of family well, but just don't know how, you're in the right spot. So whether you are driving in your car or checking off one of your honeydews, pop in those earbuds and come find hope in the heart of family life with us. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Hope in the Heart of Family Life. Thank you so much for joining today. Uh, my name is Alicia Stickles. I am the executive director of No Heart Left Behind and your host. And I'm here once again with my mom slash belief um, therapist and founder of No Heart Left Behind, Abby Shields. It's great to be here once again in your closet. <laughs> I, I love how you love pointing that out every time. <laughs> so um, we are in our second series. Uh, our first series we did was on marriage. Um, we are in episode three of our second series um, called The Heart of Parenting. And some really great stuff we've talked about. We've talked about the role of parenting. Uh, last episode, we talked about understanding the heart of your child. And I really do feel like that is the difference in this um, in this series is that it's a very relational approach and really under, uh, heartfelt approach as, a, as opposed to just steps or systems. Now, obviously, there are practical things that go into this. But um, it really starts with the heart, and we covered a lot of that last week, so I would definitely recommend going and catching that episode if you haven't already. Um, so I'm excited about today's topic, because this is a really, really, really important part of parenting. Yep. You know. It really is. And it's like the hardest. Yes, <laughs> I'm is. really excited about hearing this because I am in the throes because um, we're going to be talking about discipline, discipline today. Right. <laughs> hate that word. Right. Um, so before we jump into discipline, um, if you had to recap what understanding the heart of your child was, um, what would you say that that is really about? Well, to understand your child's heart, you need to really understand that they need affection, they need positive attention, and they need to, most of all, they need to feel valued and loved, okay? And um, the more that that is in the presence of your home, the healthier and happier, both emotionally, spiritually, and mentally, your, your child is going to feel. But in talking about today with discipline, the why, the why of today, I think, is... Why it's so important is that, believe it or not, children crave boundaries. They want clear rules. They want structure to follow, okay? And so, because one of our spiritual needs is security. And if there is not discipline in the home and the child is able to just do whatever they want to do when they want to do it, they're not going to be able to grow up with... Um, 
habits and routines, etc., that will make them a viable, integrated, and functional adult. And that's the goal of disciplining. Yeah. The, um, you know, it's funny you say they crave boundaries and discipline. And I have three little boys that would probably say opposite. Yeah. So <laughs> it's just, it makes me think of, you know, like when we instruct God and we think we know what we need for our lives right. and we know what's best. And, you know, we kind of give God our plan and try to get him to go along with it. I feel like that's what my kids do. (laughs) They bargain, especially my middle child. He is like the bargainer and the negotiator and all that kind of stuff. So I'm really excited um, to, to jump into that. So I wanted to start off. There is this quote that you use uh, by Rudolph, uh, you're going to have to say his last Drykers. name, Drykers. And he says this, he taught the importance of being both kind and firm in our relations with children. Kindness is important in order to show respect for the child. Firmness is important in order to show respect for ourselves and for the needs of the situation. Authoritarian methods usually lack kindness and permissive methods lack firmness. Right. So how would you sum that up? Because I know you kind of teach it a different way. I kind of teach it a different way, but I, I love that quote because it's so true. Bottom line, what I do is I say law minus love. If you're if you're disciplined and you're running the home just by law and structure and order and you know, no wiggle room, then you're going to, the kids are going to rebel. Your children are going to rebel and push against you. But then the other side is love minus law. You're going to have a spoiled child. The key word there is balance between the two. And I think that that's what Rudolf Dreikers was trying to show by that statement. Yes. And that can be tricky to find that balance because I feel like parents probably lean one way or the other. I know for me, it just depends on the situation. Sometimes I am very, you know, lovey. <laughs> and as her mother, I can't say anything here. Would I like to? Yes. Oh, but... yes, she would. <laughs> um, but then on other things, I, I kind of am very, I am not very grace-filled and probably lean towards more law. Right. So you touched on a little bit. Let's talk about, like, what is dif- discipline? Like, what is the purpose of it? Um, you know, all that. Okay. First of all, the basic, just the basic um, definition of discipline would be learning how to transfer power and control from you to your children. And, ba- and how you do that, discipline means to teach, and that's the goal. Um, And it's really important to understand the difference between discipline and punishment because discipline means to teach. Punishment means to hurt. You hurt me by not behaving. I'm going to hurt you back by punishing you. And so it's really, really important if you don't learn anything else from this podcast today, I want you to learn that there are three things to be aware of when disciplining your child because that's this encompasses that whole process of discipline. So the first one is guidance. That is the job of discipline to guide. And there's a scripture, I forget the address at the moment, about spare the rod, spoil the child. Okay? It's in Proverbs. I know that. Is that what it is? Okay. <laughs> All right. And, and, and what I want you to learn about that, that the dis, if discipline is guidance, then to remember that the shepherd's rod was used to guide the sheep, not to beat them over the head. Okay. And so... 
I take that scripture as it means for me as a parent that if I spare the rod, I'm not guiding them. I'm just t using the rod for what it was not intended for. Yeah. Okay. And so it's really important that the number one thing for discipline is to guide your children. And yeah. I think that can be really hard in the heat of the moment because, you know, like we had discussed, I think it was in the very beginning, um, that, you know, our culture and the pace of society today is, you know, very rushed. You know, everybody's in a hurry. Um, and parenting is a call to disruption and to slow down and to teach. And a lot of times I know for me, like when I'm in the moment, it's like, I just want you to do what I'm saying. <laughs> and I get frustrated and angry because you're, you know, my kids aren't making good choices. And so at that moment, in the heat of the moment, it can get very, well, it's very easy to switch from you know, the mindset of, okay, my child's not making good choices. I need to slow and pause and teach and discipline here, not be like frustrated and angry and just lash out and punish. Right. I mean, it's really easy in the moment to switch into Absolutely. that punishment mode because you're angry because they're not doing what you want them to do. Yes. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. you know, I know for me, what I, what I try to do is just take the take the quick pause of examining my motives of why I'm doing things. If I'm am, like asking myself in that moment, am I disciplining or am I punishing right now? Because right. that I mean, it's it's a quick when emotions are involved. That is a really, really hard, hard thing one. to do, well, and that's that's part of the problem of today. Like you said, is that um, people are too so busy. To, to take the time and because discipline if you're doing it the in the pattern that God wants us to do it it takes time to teach it yeah. just does you know and then that's the second that is really the second part of discipline is to teach which we've already said but then yeah. the, the third one uh, to be aware of in disciplining is those positive relationships um, because as we talked in the last podcast about the heart of the child, it's really important that um, we respect the child. Um, and I learned this the hard way. My son, Stephen, he was always teaching me things. and um, <laughs> Yes, he was. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, one time I was taking him to school and... Uh, he wasn't doing something that I wanted him to do. So, yes, those emotions came to the surface, and I started yelling at him and, and all of that. And he said, Mom, could you please stop? And he said, Why is it okay for you to scream and yell at me, but it's not okay for me to scream and yell at you? Ouch. And, and that, that was an ouch. And that was when I began to realize that my the way I was speaking to my child was not acceptable, but yet I wanted him to do not what I was doing, but to do as I was trying to teach him. But that's the other thing with discipline is for us to make sure that we model what we want our children to see. Like if I, I used to get very angry about, I'd have to say three or four times to my kids, go pick up your room, go pick up your room, go pick up your room. All right. And then they would finally, when I would get scream and yell, would go pick up the room. Well, Nowadays, I see in parenting that the parents are on their phones and the kids are tagging on the legs of their parents going, mom, 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 mom. And after about the fifth or sixth time, 
the parent finally answers them. So that's really important that in these positive relationships that you model the behavior you want your children to see. And I would... I would think, and correct me if I'm wrong, another part of the positive relationships would be not using shame-based language Absolutely. when you're teaching. You know, that's another way I can always tell, you know, through my tone or the words that I'm using, that if I'm shaming them because they're not doing what I want them to do or they're making bad choices, like, that's that's coming from, like, a yeah. place of punishment, and that's not doing what it is that I'm called to do. That's right. shaming them, which, right. you know, again, many times I have to go back and apologize for, right. um, as opposed to teaching them. Yeah. So, you know, in teaching them stuff, like what, what is the goal of the discipline? I mean, I know you said it was a transferring of power and control, but what does that look like? Well, the, as you go through your child's life, it's really important for you. The goal of parenting, I think, as we said in the first session, um, is to have the child become their own parent. And ultimately what that means is that, that your job as a parent is to create an integrated and functional adult so that they are capable to move on in their life without you being around. Okay. So with that, what does that entail? It entails creating habits, teaching them routines, learning self-restraint. That's a big one in controlling one's emotions and actions. And if that's the goal, then I darn well better learn to control my emotions <laughs> and restraints in my emotions and actions. The modeling part is yeah, definitely it's so hard, hard <laughs> yeah. for sure. Hey friends, did you know that No Heart Left Behind is having a fundraiser? And what's even better is that no matter where you are listening to this podcast, on Saturday, April 1st, you can participate in our online auction. NHLB's Heart and Soul Wine and Dine Fundraiser with online auction will feature so many amazing items like jewelry, artwork, and even vacations. If you want to participate in the auction, you can follow us on social media or sign up at the auction link provided in the show notes to be notified as soon as the auction is live at 7 p.m. on April 1st. If you are in the Mandeville Covington area, you can check out the full Wine and Dine event at the event link provided in the show notes. As a 100% supporter-funded nonprofit, our annual fundraiser plays a vital role in sustaining our outreach and operations, which includes affordable biblical counseling and other family-focused events and programs, including this podcast. Any support is a blessing, so thank you in advance for partnering with us to empower families to thrive with the Word of God and the love of Christ. Um, what I want to do here is you have a couple of principles that apply to discipline. And obviously, you know, with different um, different age ranges, right. different children, like the, these are foundational things, but are obviously going to be tweaked depending on the heart of your child. Um, depending on the age and, and for future future programs, we'll be taking specifically disciplining the teenager. We'll be talking about the teenage years and how to communicate with them, how to discipline. And the same thing with if you have a toddler. Yeah. But for today's session, it's just basic general principles that you can use no matter what age. Yeah. Because I mean, when we teach this series, um, you know, to churches or just whatever groups ask us to come in and teach this series, um, you know, we've got 
parents of all age ranges, right. you know, toddlers all the way to teenagers. Um, so this is a big one that you have always encouraged <laughs> me to use. And I actually remember <laughs> yes. just growing up, you would always use this one. And you talk about, you know, being empathetic and letting natural consequences be the teacher. Right. I'm a big proponent of natural consequences. And God God has those in place. It's kind of like what you sow, you reap. And, and so what comes to mind for me, especially with my kids and growing, with them growing up, it was the dreaded science fair project. Okay? <laughs> no, not the science fair. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so yeah. It, I was especially gifted in uh, waiting to the last minute <laughs> to do my science fair project. Okay. I'm going to take this one. <laughs> and my mom was always, you know, very willing to help with the science fair project. But, you know, I, I what I was probably junior high, yeah. but I would always wait to the last minute, wait to the last minute to do the project or the experiment and then the project and yada, yada. And when it came to the night before and, you know, I had a whole bunch of work left to do, my mom would just be like, oh, I'm sorry you chose that and uh, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And with the, with the natural consequences, it's important to let your child fail. Okay. In other words, she, Alicia was very upset that I would not go out the night before her project is due and get all of the supplies to put it together because I, what did I want to teach her? I wanted her to teach her to think ahead and, you know, to be organized and be able to follow a calendar and say, okay, I got so many days to get it done. Yeah. So. It's, um, that is the hardest part of this is yeah. to let, don't rescue your children. It was so funny. Um, a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, I had, it was a couple of days before my oldest is in sixth grade and I kept reminding him that he had a test and, you know, but I didn't make him study. And, and of course he chose not to. And he waited till the day before, like, you know, like father, um, what mother and son. Um, and, you know, my, my oldest has some learning differences and he needs these note cards that I normally make for him when he asked me ahead of time, but he didn't do it this time. And he asked me to make the note cards for him and everything in me <laughs> wanted to make the note cards for him because I didn't want him to fail. And I knew if he didn't have these note cards, he probably would fail. And all I could hear in my head was my mother. Don't you dare make those note cards. For and you would be very proud. I did not make them, but it just goes to show. I mean, that's like something little, like a test. Right. Um, how do you find the balance there, though? Because, I mean, sometimes these things well, can be. Right. But there's something called grace, you know, where you do, you let them know that, okay, I'm, because I love you, I'm going to walk alongside of you and either, you know, you need to either learn to fail or I'm willing to go out, but not the night before. But, you know, natural consequences, some other natural consequences would be if you have trouble getting your child up in the morning and, you know, you, you need to get them ready for, they need to get ready for school and they don't get up. Right? I can remember one time Stephen um, slept in and I, I, he didn't listen to me as far as getting out of bed and he missed the bus. And so it was the natural consequence on that was, I'm not going to take you to school. Now, you can pay me $5 to 
take you to school and pay for the gas that I would use, but, you know, of which he opted for. But, um, you know, little things like that is that not basically the question you need to ask yourself is, are you rescuing them? Yeah. Okay. When there's natural consequences. And then it, it definitely gets harder when the, the natural consequences are like more severe, I guess. Okay. You know, like, like, um, you know, teenage stuff. I'm not there yet. Yeah. Thankfully, but sometimes the natural consequences as they get older have more um, effect on like their life. Like, I mean, just, I mean, if we're talking about grades, you know, I mean, so that can be really hard. Um, But I think the point is, is if there is a natural consequence available, I think those are good because it removes you you from the parent from having to be the bad guy, the consequence or the bad guy. It mm-hmm. is just a natural consequence. And as they get older as adults, they are going to face natural consequences all, all the time. So that's why I, that's why I think that is so key to start there, and if that is not available, then, then you right. can move on to... So while we're talking about consequences, um, one thing you always say is that they don't have to be immediate. What do you mean by that? Well, sometimes in the heat of the moment, if you're just going to throw out punishment, what I always try to teach parents is, is that you can basically say, you know, I'm not sure what to do with this right now, but I will let you know later. You know, I, I can remember, um, I would say, Alicia, if you choose the consequences, um, you can either choose the rewards or co- choose the consequences. And she would always say, well, what are the consequences? And I couldn't think on my feet. <laughs> I would say, I'm not sure what they are yet, but one, you're not going to like them. And two, I'll let you know in 30 minutes yeah. to, to do that type of stuff. And I think being able, I think being able to do that really helps us, um, to get away from not, yes, not using the consequences as threats. Right. You know, because again, when those emotions are high and we're angry and all of that kind of stuff, a lot of times we will use emotions as threats. Right. And sometimes we'll make these like ridiculous statements, ridiculous statements that we're not able to follow through on with the consequences. And actually it ends up punishing us in the long run. Cause if we want to be consistent, we have to follow through with what we say. And, um, like if you start out, you're punished for a week or you're disciplined, you know, and that's punishment. It's not discipline, but you know, you, you're grounded for this weekend and they go, well, okay. And then you didn't get the response you wanted. You wanted them to cry and, you know, be sorrowful. And, and then, so then you throw another week on and then another week and pretty soon by the end of the conversation, they're, they're grounded for a month, which is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. You know? So, yep. and that's why I, I really want to address here, Alicia, the, the fact that there's not always going to be natural consequences available. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so if they don't, if natural consequences don't occur, then it's really important that you impose consequences, but your imposed consequences must be these three things and be aware of them is to be enforceable. I think you've already spoken to that. Okay. And so a, a second thing that you want to be aware of in your imposed consequences of the punishment or the consequence must fit the crime. Yeah. Okay. So give us an example what that looks like. Uh, example, let's say you have a teenager and you have a curfew and they are to be in by midnight and they 
choose to ignore the curfew and come in at one or two o'clock in the morning. The, the consequence that would fit that crime would be that unfortunately, that because they chose poorly, then they're going to choose to have their curfew shortened or they don't get to go out the next night, depending on the severity, severity of, of it. it. Right, mm -hmm. but um, so, you know, what happened what they learn and what are they going to do different? Yeah. That's, that's what you want to teach with that. And you always talk about, you know, when you're, when you're imposing consequences that they need to be laid down firmly and in love. So uh, I think that goes back to, you know, the very beginning, the what we you were doing. saying. Right. Yes. Is that law minus love just pushes the child away, yeah. but you know, there, there needs to be some firmness. And I think that gets into, um, Another one of your encouragements for parents is just remembering who's in charge. So yeah, you're the parent, they're the child. And I think that can be difficult a lot of times because, you know, we want to be their friend. We want them to like us. I mean, right. we love our kids. And so, you know, it can be easy to um, let them manipulate us sometimes because we don't want them to be upset or they want to... You know, I think a lot of times we try to be their friend instead of um, being their parent. I've heard you often talk about um, the three C's of discipline. Mm -hmm. What What is that? I think the first one there is consistency, and that is huge. If you don't learn anything from this podcast... <laughs> You've said that a couple I times. I know that, but it, and I emphasize that for different parents that are out there that if this applies to you is consistency is so important because the child doesn't know what they're going to get if you do not be consistent. I was not consistent when my kids were little and especially Alicia, she would walk in the door and I had mopped the floor and she walked in with dirty shoes and I didn't yell at her. Well, the next time I mopped the floor and she walked in with dirty shoes, I would scream and yell at her. And she, it was like, what mother am I going to get when I walk through? So consistency is really important for your children to know that they're safe in your home. Mm -hmm. that it's not one way and then the next way it's totally different. Yeah, yeah. One of the other C's you talk about is communication. Mm -hmm. How does that apply in discipline? Well, it's really important that you understand you don't have control over your kids. Give God the control, but what you do have is influence. And communication is a really important part of that influence. Be aware of what are the words that are coming out of your mouth. Kind of like what you said earlier about shame or the words that you're using, even though you're disciplining them, basically saying, you know, I believe in you. Um, I know I'm sorry that you made this choice. That's kind of disciplining out of empathy and letting them know that you're, you're upset, not upset with them. You just, it's your job as a parent to mm -hmm. teach them. So in communication, be aware of the words uh, to influence your kids, not tear them down. And I also think you always say this, and I use this with my kids, and I think it is a great tool um, in terms of teaching them. And it's using communication is, you you know, asking your kids when they do make a bad choice, um, it's what'd you do, what'd you learn, and what are you going to do differently? Right. And having that dialogue, because I think sometimes we just assume that kids can like figure this stuff out and they just can't sometimes. Right. And so sometimes communication is such a key role in teaching right. is by helping them walk through these processes of 
making better choices right. instead of leaving them just to figure it out. Right. Yeah. What happened? What'd you learn? And what are you going to do different? That's powerful, Alicia. Yeah. And right. so the the third C with that. Common sense. What about common sense? Don't let your emotions overtake the your ability to think things through and like we've talked about earlier, yeah, um, just not to pile on a bunch of stuff. I mean, it, that just is not common sense. And that's why I think all of those things that we've talked about in terms of, you know, consequences don't always have to be immediate and mm -hmm. pausing and checking your motives of, am I punishing here or am I disciplining? Right. You know, that because when we do just discipline out of our anger or emotion, I mean, we do, we lose, right. we lose common sense. Um, another thing that has been really helpful for me in parenting is um, choice language. Right. So uh, could you talk a little bit about that and why that is so, um, what, well, I guess first what it is and then why it's so important. Well, you, you want to put the responsibility of the situation back on the child. And so to give them choice language, like if you choose this path, you will choose the rewards. If you choose this path, you're going to be choosing the consequences. And then I love that so that we can put the responsibility of the choice on them, not us, because we want to make it about their choices, not about that we're doing this to them. Yeah, I think that really, I see such a difference with that with my kids. is, And, and also, I think using the choice language ahead of time, so they know exactly what they will be choosing if they choose right. Right. not to do what you know, they have, because if I don't give them that, like, for example, do you, do you want to choose to take your bath now? Or do you want to choose to take your bath 15 minutes from now? Well, if you have problems with bath times or same thing with bedtimes, give them the choice. Do you want to go to bed now? Or do you want to go to bed 10 minutes from now? And I highly recommend those little white kitchen timers for, especially for toddlers to be able to set the timer. And now then, it's your phone. <laughs> well, now, yeah, I'm sorry. Now it's your phone. But I'm dating myself. Yes, you are dating yourself. <laughs> but but then even farther than that, in terms of discipline, because that's giving them freedoms. Right. In terms of discipline, it's, okay, if you choose not to go to bed, you will be choosing, choosing the, X, consequences. Y, the consequences. Yeah. Um, and I find that diffuses a lot of things. And then if they do choose the Consequence. the consequences then you could say you chose this this and I'm is not sorry you yes, chose this. that's that being empathetic right. and holding on to those positive relationships right um not shaming them for their bad choices but being empathetic towards it so as we wrap up here you know what what are some final things that you want parents to know about discipline Hmm. Great question. Um, I think the first thing would be catch them doing something good. If you're always focusing on them doing something wrong, then that's, that's what they're going to hear. So it's really important that you catch them doing something good that maybe you've taught them, like going and taking the bath. Hey, I love the way I didn't have to fight with you to go take your bath. And praise them about it and get excited and be animated and, you know. Yeah, because I think... A lot of times, again, like if that's the standard, we forget to praise them when they, I mean, I know I, 
I try to be cognizant of that with my kids and wreck, catch them doing something good. But, you know, it, a lot of times we gloss over that. But to see the look on their face when I do catch them doing good and recognize it, I mean, it, to me, it just enforces um, those good choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, we spend more time lecturing them and or trying to tell them it's we it's kind of like this we spend more time talking about what they do wrong instead of what we do right connie podesta used to have uh, a saying that she would say do you spend six minutes praising them and one minute talking down to them or do you spend one minute praising them and six minutes negative because they're going to remember what you what you speak of the most yeah okay all right yeah. and so then finally i think um, this is huge, but you got to find the balance of it, and uh, but don't let your child manipulate you, is practice grace. You know, give them second chances. You don't always have to give them a major consequence on their first mistake or whatever. And so, because um, God gives us second chances and third chances, but the, it's the balance. Yeah. Um, I always, the, the rule of thumb there I try to use is just um, looking for the pattern like, what is their pattern? Like, if their pattern is usually making the good choice in in whatever situation you're dealing with and doing the right thing, if they mess up, you know, there's grace there and you right. it's a teaching moment and whatever. But if, if I see a pattern developing, like with my middle child, he is just, you know, always late always losing things, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, just poor middle child, um, you know, consistently choosing not to, to do things when, you know, I'm asking him to be ready to go at a certain time or whatever. And when I noticed that pattern of him consistently choosing poorly there, that's when the consequences. The, I come in and, okay, you're not learning this lesson. Right. So maybe we need to apply some consequences here and right. here's what they are. Yeah. That I mean, that's kind of how I, I don't know if that's right or no, not, but it is. that's kind of how I hash it out in, yeah. in my head. And then I think finally, remember, and this is a sentence that I live and die by, you know, remember that spilled milk is just spilled milk. Um, And I say that because when I was growing up and I was constantly spilling my milk, my dad, who was a disciplinarian in our family, would just get irate and would shame me and all of that. And so what that really means is pick your battles. Um, What mountain are you going to die on? Or are you going to make molehills out of some of these mountains? And that the key word there, once again, is balance. But, mm-hmm. you know, I always tell parents is if the only tool you have in your toolbox is a hammer, you're going to treat everything like a nail. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, that's pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. There's a, a verse in Proverbs 4, uh, verse 11 and 12. It says, I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered, and if you run, you will not stumble. Yeah. That's that's what it's all about. Yeah. I love. I get goosebumps when I hear read that scripture or hear it because it's really God imparts His wisdom on us, and then He wants us to impart that wisdom onto our children, so that 
they will be led in paths of uprightness and they'll be able to run and not stumble because you have equipped them with the tools to be able to move through life and truly be a responsible adult. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, love it. All right, it is time for our Counselor's Corner, and that is the segment where our listeners get to send in their questions, kind of a Dear Abby-type format, uh, as if they were just sitting on your counselor's couch and talking with you face-to-face. So um, June wrote, um, how do you discipline a child who doesn't want to listen? Ugh. <laughs> Those are hard. That, that's hard. <laughs> it feels like you're beating your head against the wall. Right. <laughs> Okay, usually there is an underlying need of a child that is not listening, okay? Um, There are two basic types of behavior, the power revenge behavior and attention getting behavior. And so normally, and each child is different, so this doesn't go across the board, but if your child is not listening, I would venture to guess it is more from a need than a defiant. And and if it gets into that, uh, because it's human nature that when we push our children, they're going to push back because Mm -hmm. that's just human nature. And so be aware of the underlying needs of your child. Is he, does he need more attention? Because I find that negative attention, a lot of kids who are not getting any attention, um, a lot of those children act out because negative attention is better than no attention. Mm. And or it can lead into the power revenge behavior, which then it becomes a, a fight. So that's where you're going to have to, uh, one, decide, is this a mountain I want to die on? Two, to approach it from, come on, buddy, let's sit down and let, you know, let's just put this to the wayside and try to get into the needs of their heart. Um, do they, are they uh, not feeling that they belong to the family? I mean, there's all kinds of reasons why kids don't listen but i think the core reason would be um the attention getting and or the power events so for you then to discipline them not to get for you not to get into that power struggle and say because i'm the parent that's why and i would say take a time out move to the couch sit and talk about it try to hear what they're not saying you know there's a difference between listening and hearing Listening is vibration of the eardrum. Hearing is vibration of the heart, yeah. and that's what you want to. That's what you want to do is hear what your child is not saying. And now, are you saying that because I mean, I think too, it's important. It's like, okay, ha- am I examine the way that I'm disciplining first? Because you know, especially all the principles we talked about in today's episode. Like if if they're if I'm missing some of those things that could probably be playing somewhat of a role, especially depending on what age child. June's child is, you know, that could be playing into um, why they're not listening. Like, am I not being consistent? Um, you know, am I am I out of balance with my law and love? Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of stuff. So, are you saying that like if those things, those general principles, are not really if if you go back through and you're doing all of those things then there's, there's a deeper level there's a deeper level yeah. issue mm-hmm. that's good yeah. which i don't have I, because i don't know your child i'm not sure what to say cuz i don't know and i don't know what type of discipline 
you're using yeah. in your... And again, it all goes back to the... <laughs> each child is different and you get more instructions with a blender. But yes. I think those are good um, encouragements to look at and at least right. start there. Yep. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us on No Heart Left Behind's Hope in the Heart of Family Life podcast. We hope you felt seen, encouraged, and just a little more equipped to love your family well. If you want to learn more about No Heart Left Behind, be sure to check out our website, www.noheartleftbehind.com, or visit the link in the show notes. If you love the podcast, we would love it if you would follow us on your favorite podcast player. And if you love this episode, please share it with a friend. Your encouragement is not just for our egos. It really helps others find the show and encourages them to check it out. Mother Teresa said, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. So until we see you again next week, go home and be a world changer. Mm -hmm.